Hello, you are listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. I'm Rachel, and I'm joined by Amber and Stephanie. I'm looking forward to catching up this week. How are you both doing? Doing pretty good. Super busy, but you know it's that like stupid busy where you're just doing a bunch of boring stuff that's not fun, but you're still busy. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, it, I mean at least it keeps you busy. <laughs> Better than being <laughs> bored, I guess. Um. Yeah, it's been a good week. The sun's finally out in Ohio, and um, the weather has been flirting with 60 and 70 degrees, as the mm. weather person said earlier this week. Um, and I'm going and to the glorious, weeks. glorious time change is coming up right around the corner. Oh, yeah, it is. When is that? I want to say it's in like a couple weeks. I mean, as parents, it sucks. But as somebody who doesn't like to watch the sun go down at six o'clock, it's great. <laughs> exactly. Well, this week we are having kind of a twofer. We have the trip report from my recent visit to Disney World. And then we are also doing news. So we'll just talk about, I guess, my trip first. Uh, well, we stayed at the Polynesian, which was interesting. Amber, I know you stayed there recently too. Yeah. How did you like it with all the construction? I mean, we missed Ohana, of course. You know, I like that, love that restaurant. I didn't really notice the monorail much because the TTC location is still running the monorail and it was really super easy to walk over there and hop on the monorail from that location. Thanks for the tip, Amber. (laughs) I love the rooms. The layout was great. It had the fifth sleeper, which was super handy for my kids and the pools were still operating. So that was, you know, pretty important since it was 90 degrees out. So we, we liked it. I thought it was um, a lot of fun. They still had all the activities like the nighttime movies and the electrical water pageant was going and, you know, there was just a lot of fun stuff to do on the resort. Did you get some Tonga toast? We did. We went to Captain Cook's and we got the Tonga toast and it was cheaper than it is at Kona. So I also appreciated that. (laughs) Hot tip, hot tip. Yes, definitely. And then of course there is the Dole Dole Whip um, that you can get at the Polynesian too. And the trip or the parks are pretty good. It was much hotter than I was expecting. We went in August and, you know, wore the masks and it was 90 degrees out and it was doable. But I think because we are going from 20 degrees, 30 degrees in Ohio to 90 degrees in Florida, it felt like a huge difference. Like I, we struggled a little bit more than we did in August. So tip, if you're not used to the heat, you may need to get acclimated a little bit more than, you know, you would if it were summertime. And it's also, it's cooler to wear, like, I mean, it's less hot if you wear the paper masks compared to like the cloth masks, right? I think so. We wore the paper ones and I find those more easy to breathe in. And then that might be be a good investment before another trip. For sure. And then we, um, I'll say I did notice that the parks were busier. I think that the crowds felt like pre-COVID times. So that was one thing I thought about when I'm advising, you know, clients in the future. And I I thought immediately of like my um, brother-in-law's family, they're pretty 
being careful, right? And they're, they have a trip planned in May. And I think that if you are being super careful during COVID times, and then you go to the parks as they are now, you may have a little bit of a, you may be surprised. Mm-hmm. You may need to ease back into some of the crowds so that you're comfortable there. How were the, how are the wait times? They were definitely fine with the exception of Hollywood. Hollywood was a little bit, I mean, everything was an hour. It got to the point where like alien swirling saucers was 50 minutes, mm. which, eh, you know, that's a bit much for that. Um, the so, problem with Hollywood is they don't have a ton of rides to start with. Um, and the, the big shows are not happening right now. Indiana Jones, Beauty and the Beast. So you've got a lot of people trying to get on probably a smaller number of rides than you have at other parks. So agree, agree. They don't have those big shows to absorb the crowds like they need. So yeah, I'm hoping those much, shows come back. Yeah, me too. We pretty much stayed the majority of the day for the other three parks, but for Hollywood around 2.30, we ended up piecing out and going to the pool and just getting out of the crowd a little bit. I still think it's worth it. I don't think that it's, um, the, the increased crowds aren't, you know, any different than what you're used to pre COVID, but it is noticeable the based on the way that it's been. Right. Rachel, can you, um, talk a little bit about what they are doing with the Indiana Jones? Um, what even is that called theater, I guess? Yeah, they're using it as a relaxation station or relaxation zone. It's actually a really enjoyable place to hang out because it's cool under there. It's shady. The fans are running. You can spread out, take off your mask and just chill out for a little bit. And all the parks have different relaxation zones where you can do that. But that's one in Hollywood that's um, being utilized. I wasn't aware of that until I saw your picture on social media. Yeah. So that might be are, good for listeners to hear. They're kind of hidden away. Like the one in magic kingdom that's um, being utilized was, um, is it that cafe that's by Tomorrowland? I can't I remember what it's called. There's also one by pirates league. Yes. Magic kingdom. Mm, yes. I like, I like using, um, Indiana Jones and then the rivers of light, um, p- or little theater place at animal kingdom. Cause they're much bigger areas where you can really spread out. Some of the areas in magic kingdom feel really small. Yeah. And yeah. they're shady, which I really appreciate because sometimes it is hard to find some shade, but Amber, I know you went recently. Did you feel like it was a little busier when you were there too? Yeah, the last time we went, I think it was January. So it wasn't a very busy, you know, that's kind of not the most crowded time to go anyway. And we were there on Martin Luther King weekend. So definitely maybe slightly less than a normal time feel. Like I know in my head that it's capped at 35% right now. Um, but it definitely feels more like a normal time crowd, just I think because of those things that aren't happening right now, you don't have, you know, a couple thousand people sitting in a show watching in a theater. So all those couple thousand people are dumped out in the rest of the park. And so it feels like 
more like a normal time. Yeah. I think they need to start thinking about Disney. If you're listening, uh, I think they need to start thinking about reopening some of the dining too, because I just know from trying to get reservations for my clients, you know, sometimes I go to try to find something and maybe we aren't looking, you know, the day that it opens because it's a later trip. There's not a lot to choose from. I mean, I think we need some more dining options to come back. Yeah, I agree. And that would help absorb some of the crowds too. Like we need to kind of spread people out a little bit more. And I think Disney wants to do that too. It's not a matter of being safe because they have the ways to keep it safe, but it's more of paying the cast members. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what their ledger looks like right now, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure they're still in the red. And so just getting, it's a balancing act, you know, doing the right thing by the CDC and being able to pay your people. It's a, it's a line to walk. Yep. You're right. Yeah. So it was definitely an enjoyable trip. Um, Tips would be, you know, be okay with leaving and going back to your resort to, you know, relax or get out of the crowds or take a break from the heat. And just be flexible. I would say being flexible is super important right now, just because you may find yourself in a situation where you're maybe feel like it's too crowded or, you know, you need to get out of this line or whatever. I I would say just be flexible and don't feel like you have to stick it out the entire day. When we rent, when we went in November, I really liked the opportunity to get to enjoy some of the things at the resort more than we normally do. For sure. Go ahead. I saw Rachel that you had posted a picture of doing the movies under the stars. Yeah, that was so cute. Yeah, I love that stuff. And they had like tie-dyeing Mickey t-shirts and Disney trivia and all kinds of like fun games and, you know, things you maybe might not do that we really enjoyed. It reminded me of the cruise a little bit, like when you cruise and you do some of those fun family activities. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough from the trip. Let's talk news. We've got a lot of news to cover. There's been a lot of different things coming out. So let's go ahead and dig in on that. Um, Stephanie, do you want to start? Sure. Um, So coming back just in time for spring break, opening, um, reopening on March 22nd, uh, the did the Disney Junior Breakfast returns to Hollywood and Vine. Um, you can wave and snap socially distant photos of your favorite Disney Junior characters. Um, I think that they're still doing the lineup they were doing a few years ago, which is Vampirina, Fancy Nancy, Doc McStuffins, and Roadster Goofy. Um, it did used to be a buffet, but they now have the following options um, for meals. There's all-you-care-to-enjoy pancakes with a house-made butter, French toast stuffed with a chocolate hazelnut spread, which that would be my choice. Toasted open-faced salmon bagel, a four-egg scramble or cheese omelet, and then a plant-based egg frittata. Um, Each table also gets a pastry basket to share. And they only listed the cost for adults, but it was, um, it'll be $35 to $59.99 depending on what you order, which is different um, than normal because since it was a buffet, it was generally just one price for the entire experience. And I think it it used to be right around $55 for adults for that buffet. Do either of you remember what the cost for that one was? 
I don't. It's been so long since I've been. Yeah, we went in 2019, but we were on the dining plan. So just so scan my magic just band. Having, they're just having the characters for breakfast right now. At Hollywood and Vine, they definitely have for lunch and dinner the characters. It's the mini and mini seasonal dine. Oh, we that's did right. It, yeah, we did it in November and it was really cute. Actually, and the food was a similar situation where it was like everyone shares a salad, you pick your entree, and then you pick your dessert. And they were doing a really good job with it. I thought the food was a lot better actually than it was pre pandemic <laughs> yeah those the 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 offerings sound much better it's it's normally just your standard almost uh i hate to say it but almost like a continental style breakfast with mm-hmm. floppy pancakes and bacon that i'm sure a hundred kids have touched already <laughs> sorry sorry and i'm i'm not anti-buffet um 1900 park fair breakfast is one of my favorites and that's a buffet um but yeah that one i don't know i like the characters <laughs> it's really sweet to see the kids with the characters but once they're out of the disney junior phase i don't know if we'll go back that french toast sounds pretty good i they got me with that chocolate hazelnut yes. bread yes i like that and- and i i really like plant-based stuff i'm not vegan at all um but I really like plant-based stuff. So I might, I, I would try the frittata, but the next time I go, it's not going to be with kids. So I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> um, all right. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about starting March 1st, which was two days ago, but it's going to be going all month long in honor of women's history month at Disney Springs, they are doing celebrate her story. And so they're going to have special events all throughout the month of March, where they're celebrating the contributions of women throughout history, and celebrating some of the women that are pioneering our future, you know, obviously giving a nod to the women of Disney. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're going to have a spotlight series. That's the art of Disney and the Wonderground gallery. Um, they're going to be highlighting women who have worked at Walt Disney Animation Studios, including Mary Blair, um, which I think that's the one that we're all most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Ruthie Thompson, Retta Scott, Jennifer Lee, Josie Trinidad, and more. There will be visiting artists that will pop up to kind of have like mini exhibitions um, on March 8th, which is actually international women's day guests can meet fabiola garza villalobos she's a character artist from the disney creative group Um, she's a published author and illustrator and she created the art for the uh, little golden book that's based on coco Um, Mm. and she's also created the patterns for the newest dooney and burke collection featuring robin hood so yes that sounds really neat so she's going to be there um on March 8th from 10 to noon at Ever After Jewelry Company, and she'll be signing any purchases that you make there. Um, And then at the Advent Health Waterside stage, there'll be entertainment acts every Wednesday from five to nine, highlighting strong female vocalists and acts who are sharing their own inspiring stories or songs in honor of Women's History Month. And they will also be featuring some uh, female chefs. Um, so they're going to have Chef Yolanda Lazo Colon from 
and I'm sorry, I have never taken Spanish. So if I'm butchering these names, I apologize. But she's from Amaret's Patisserie and then Chef Amanda Lauder from the Ganacherie. Mm. Yeah, it seems like it seems like they have a lot going on. And this will be for the whole month of March or, or did you yes. say when the ending was? And I don't it's know the whole up. month of March. Oh, that's cool. Yes. And then, um, so at, at the Ganacherie, they're going to have a special treat that's inspired by Chef Amanda's childhood dream of becoming a pastry chef. So it's filled with 65% dark chocolate, Morello cherry gel, and a pistachio ganache. And I'm going to be in Disney Springs the last weekend of March. And that's on my list now. Okay, we'll you're know where to, to find you. Picture. <laughs> do pictures of all this stuff. I want to see. Oh, it. I am. I am. Um, we're going to be there for our, uh, an afternoon. And then they're also going to be paying homage to Elastigirl. And they have a new oh. Mrs. Incredible float that's um, black cherry lemonade, strawberry, and lemon Dole Whip. And it comes with a Mrs. Incredible novelty straw. That'll be at Marketplace Snacks. That's paying homage to who? Elastigirl, Mrs. Incredible. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to turn in my Disney card, y'all. I have not seen it. <laughs> Wait, what? What? So what? No. It's so good. Am I fired from the podcast? You are. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. You have homework. You do have homework. Okay. So funny story about Incredibles 2. Um, Incredibles 1 was released. I don't remember what year. Maybe I should turn in my card. But Incredibles 2 came out in like 2018. And I've been waiting a long time. Incredibles was one of my favorite Pixar movies. So I'm sitting there in the theater, ready to go. There was a bunch of previews. And then of course, there was the Pixar short. And this child next to me, who was not born when the first Incredibles came out after the short finished and they started getting into the opening credits for the Incredibles, he goes, finally, <laughs> child, I have been waiting for this longer than you've been alive. You're not allowed to say finally, <laughs> but now it's, it's a really cute um, straw that's in the milkshake. She's got a Jack Jack in her arms. And of course the whole straw is her body since she's bendy and stretchy, as you know, Rachel. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it looks really cute. And they, they have a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you, uh, if you head over to the uh, Disney website and just uh, even just put into Google celebrating her story at Disney Springs, they have a lot going on. There's a She is Fierce Red Velvet Cupcake on March 8th at Sprinkles, and they'll be donating over $25,000 to various empowerment organizations, including Step Up. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. so much going on. So definitely make make sure to go over to um, Disney Springs during the month of March. They list, there's a lot of special um, sales at some of the shops and including specific products for Women's History Month. So it's worth checking out. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amber, you're up. All right, so... Um, most of us know that the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World is approaching. Um, Walt Disney World opened its doors on October 1st, 1971. So October 1st will be the official date of the 50th anniversary. The celebration is slated to last for 18 months. So even if you can't get there on October 1st, um, you'll have a chance to go if anyone who wants to go catch the celebration. 
Um, I'll be there the second week of October to join the party. Are either one of you planning on going anytime close to that? I'm going for a weekend in November. Okay. I think I'm going to lay low on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll definitely be there within that 18 month span. Yes. So I think exactly. you're good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We have a fall break at our school. So we're going to head down there. It's like a four or five day weekend. So we're going to head down there for that. So the name of the celebration is, of course, iridescence. Um, have you guys seen the pictures, like the castle reimagining how what they've got planned? I am obsessed, and I'm not looking forward to the Mad Dash to get the merch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, go to eBay the next day. I'm sure you'll find Girl, something. no. <laughs> the way my the way my wallet works you're ethically that's not happening <laughs> financially against that <laughs> yeah so I really like the um Cinderella's castle artist depiction and you know as well as I do sometimes the way the artists depict it is not the way it ends up in real life so I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going to look really good um I like the way it looks in the um renderings um it, looks like all four parks like they're the icon of each park is getting some type of redo reimagining for iridescence um at, at over at epcot they're going to have new lights that shine across the reflective panels of the geodesic sphere um the effect is meant to resemble the star-filled sky and again from pictures that one looks really cool um mm. and the article that I saw said that Disney actually plans to make that a permanent feature, which I thought was super cool. Um, and then over at Animal Kingdom, they will have magical fireflies at the Tree of Life and some special new touches on the Hollywood Tower Hotel at Hollywood Studios. So is the, is the um, Tower of Terror move, is that becoming like, Hollywood Studios icon now, now that the hat is gone and the Chinese theater is, I don't even know. I say, I feel like sometimes it's the, the Tower of Terror and sometimes it's the Chinese theater. Like poor Hollywood Studios, it can't make up its mind. I feel like I, it's the tower at this point because they use it for the projections. It seems like it's, mm -hmm. well, yeah. I don't know. I guess they do it for both, don't they? But on a lot of the merch, you see that. Yeah. I personally miss the Earful Tower. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm with you. And then, of course, Mickey and Minnie are going to be sporting some new dazzling 50th anniversary costumes. They're super cute. I, I saw a picture. I love them. Um, and then my second news item is over on the other coast. Disneyland is having a mini opening. So we all know Disneyland has been closed ever since shutdown started. Um, California's restrictions are a lot tighter than Florida's. Um, so they are opening with a limited capacity ticketed event. It's called A Touch of Disney. And it's for maybe two or three weeks from March 18th through April 5th. Now the whole park will not be open, so the rides are not gonna be operating, but they will have some shops and some dining locations open. So you can go get your fill of churros, 
Dole Whips and their famous Monte Crisco sandwich. And really, do we need anything else? That would be good for me. They're also <laughs> going to have um, characters. Um, I'm guessing the same way that Florida does, not up close meet and greets, but socially distanced characters. The cost will be $75 and that gets you admission and photo pass downloads. And when I stopped to think about this, that was really smart um, to give people the free photo pass access um, because they know that people are going to take pictures like crazy and post them to social media. So it's going to be free advertising and getting people excited and ready to go for when they have the actual park opening, um, hopefully not too long down the road. Um, so I imagine there'll be the same mask and social distancing guidelines that we have at World right now. And I feel like they're doing as best they can um, in Florida. So I'm hopeful that California will follow in their footsteps. So Amber, you have on the notes here that an additional $25 gets you a dining card to use for food. Um, I, I guess I guess I've been confused because I've seen some sources say that that $25 is included. So with your $75 admission, you get a $25 gift card. Is that not true then? The article I read at least made it sound like it was an additional $25, but I'm not sure. Maybe if articles are saying different things, who knows? Take your extra $25 just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and it does include parking per person. Okay. Good. Yeah, there's a $10 per person parking fee, but that is embedded in the $75 per person cost. That's, That's really not a bad price. I mean, your Disney diehards will pay that in a heartbeat. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people are so like, quote unquote, homesick for Disneyland right now. They'll do mm -hmm. anything to get in the parks. Like I'm hoping this is a segue to get us back to Disneyland. Especially mm -hmm. since Disneyland is such a, um, that, okay. So the ticket does include a $25 gift card. Okay. That's not valid for alcohol purchases, but obviously, but yeah, Disneyland being such a, a home park, you know, it's, it's an after work park for a lot of people in Southern California. It's, you know, a single day kind of thing. They really do take ownership of it. So I, I think it's a really great event. And considering that $25 goes to food, $10 goes to your parking, the admission cost that, that includes the photo pass downloads. I, I think the price is completely reasonable. Yeah. I think it's generous. So yeah, I agree especially in California where their restrictions have been such that I bet a lot of people are really saving money on food yeah. since no nothing's actually open. Yeah. People probably are itching to get out and do something fun. All right. Anything else, Amber? No, that's all I have. Okay. I have a couple things to add. We have an update on Harmonious, though an opening date hasn't been announced. Epcot's new nighttime spectacular is planned to be opening around 2021's Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. So that kind of gives us something to look forward to, especially Amber and Stephanie when you guys are there in October and November. So I will say when we were there um, last week, the Harmonious show barges are out. 
they're not all completely built, but you can definitely see the progress and the testing of the barges has also been taking place. So I think it's pretty plausible that an opening around October could happen. I'm curious to see what people think about the barges. And I'm also curious mm-hmm. how they'll look when they're done. They're big. They're I was going to ask you how, how obstructive they are. They're pretty obstructive, but I think I read somewhere that when they're not being used, they're going to be used as fountains. So maybe they're being like covered up with water somehow that maybe could work. But if they're, if they look anything like they look now, they're not very attractive. Even covered with water though. I mean, how are you going to get that shot from the pagoda in the Japan pavilion to the spaceship earth? That's one of my favorite photos. You're, you're not going to get a clear shot. No, Mm, I don't know about that. I have my faith and trust in the Imagineers that they're going to make it right. (laughs) And it's going to be great. It's not going to be black iron contraptions in the middle of the lake. (laughs) I mean, even if they are black iron contraptions in the middle of the lake, I think they're going to do something cool with them. Like, I think they've never let us down before, right? <laughs> I don't know. They take away Magical Express. I know. I was, I was being a little bit facetious. <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to be, I saw the, um, gosh, I don't know what they're calling it. You know, when you go over by between Future World and Mexico, there's that little show that they're doing where it shows you what's coming in Epcot. Mm-hmm. And it looks really cool. Like they give you a little like cartoon preview of what it's going to be like. And, you know, it it looks good on there. I just wonder how it will be in, in actuality, but Amber, I'll keep the faith since, since you've got it. (laughs) All right. The next news item is on Disney plus, and I was pretty pumped about this one. I think this sounds really cool. A new Disney plus metaverse. I didn't know that was a word, but apparently it is. Um, titled Magic Kingdom Universe will explore characters and stories from Disney theme parks and classic Disney animated films. So Disney super fan and TV producer Ron Moore will work with Disney Imagineering to build out and oversee the Magic Kingdom Universe. And reports say that this universe could explore Disney theme park characters like the sea boat captain from the Jungle Cruise, the prospector from Big Thunder Mountain, or the Matterhorn Climbers, um, for example. So I think this sounds like a pretty fun thing to watch. What do, what do you think about this? This is the first I'm hearing about it. And I'm just sitting here thinking of the options. And it sounds really cool to me. Like, I think anyone who's like a Disney parks person is going to be into this. I'm into it just from the description. <laughs> think of all the backstories they can have for these attractions. I think that would be so fun to just come up with and put that all together. Yeah, like especially some of the classic attractions, like what cool things they could do with maybe some of the happy haunts at the Haunted Mansion. Um, Mm. Mark Twain being the steamboat, the riverboat captain. You know, there's lots of possibilities. Yeah, this will be a good addition to Disney Plus with all the other things they're putting on there. For sure. And then the, the last thing I wanted to report on happened during the trip this past weekend. And it's the updated mask policy that Disney kind of 
quietly rolled out over the weekend. So previously, when you would be dining at a table service restaurant, you could take your mask off when you sat down and, you know, keep it off the whole time you're dining. Uh, they changed the, the rules a bit this weekend to you need to actively be eating and drinking. So you wait until your drink comes. And then when you finish your meal, you put your mask back on. So it's not, I mean, it's minutes, right? Like we're not talking a huge difference, but I think it's worth mentioning because while they weren't enforcing it um, while I was there, I've heard more mention of them enforcing it. So FYI, if you're going anytime soon, know that that could be, um, you know, part of, part of the situation when you're dining. I have another um, Disney, if you're listening, idea that kind of goes along with this new mask policy. I imagine that at least part of the reason they're doing it is to limit cast members um, exposure to guests without masks. Um, personally, when I go to a, any restaurant, even at home, um, when the waiter comes to my table, if I have taken off my mask at that point, I put it back on when they come to take my order because I just want to be courteous to them and keep them as safe as possible. Um, I think it would be a cool idea for Disney to implement mobile ordering even at table service restaurants where you would go and scan the QR code at the table that brings up the menu like they already do and then actually place your order like you do for a mobile order. If they had all of the menu options there on the phone, tap what you want and then the your server could bring in your drinks and bring in your food, it would drastically cut down on face-to-face -face interaction between you and a server. They would quickly bring you what you wanted. They could even use the coasters like they have at Wilderness Lodge with the red and green sides so that if you needed a refill, flip your coaster over and they come back. So they're not needlessly coming back asking you if everything's okay, if you have everything you need, all that kind of stuff. Disney, if you're listening, I think you just need to hire Amber. <laughs> all together just uh, amber maybe we should start a disney think tank i love it <laughs> am i am i rehired can, yes. I, can I get my card back yes <laughs> well no, no you I... watch the movie first and then you can okay i'll watch the movie first <laughs> <laughs> no i do like that idea though yeah, I like it. I'm just thinking like, there's a lot of times when I go to eat and I'll ask like, what do you recommend? Or can I make a modification of this? Like I'm, I'm not a pain in the butt, but I do like yeah. to have their input. So that's the only piece I would miss. But yeah. maybe there's a way to make that all work together. Or maybe COVID will go Usually away in the next I six months. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can have our lives back. No. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, right. Amber, what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say, before I eat at a Disney restaurant, usually I have looked at the menu or even gone on to food blogs and gotten recommendations for people. So if I'm, my, usually my mind is made up of what I want before I go in, but mm. I'm not. All right. Well, Amber, do you want to remind us of last week's trivia? Absolutely. So last week's question was, 
what is the name of the singing group in the American Adventure at Epcot? And the answer is, it is the Voices of Liberty. And shout out to our winners um, on Facebook. It was Jennifer and on Instagram, Hope Ann. So thank you guys for playing our games and participating. Yay. Can I say one thing about the uh, Voices of Liberty? Yeah, go for it. They are not in the um, inside part of the American Adventure Pavilion right now. They're out on the stage where, um, gosh, I don't know. I can't, I'm drawing a blank. The stage that's over by the lake, um, right in front of the American yeah, Adventure. Yeah, it's where Pavilion. they have the candlelight processional. Yes, they're performing there right now. And so you can see them pretty frequently throughout the day. And then the other thing I was going to mention about that American Adventure Pavilion is there's a new soul the movie soul kind of jazz um exhibition in there that you can check out which was kind of cool so it's my turn i have not watched soul yet (laughs) i haven't either i can't they after onward no forget them i can't do it (laughs) that's how i was after inside out i get i threw in the towel for a bit (laughs) i can't do that it's like the it's like the writers have a competition to see how many people can we make ugly cry as fast as we can? <laughs> it didn't yeah. do that to me. I was, I mean, I'm a robot. I'm not. A, <laughs> well, you're a Slytherin, so. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, but it was just kind of, I mean, it's not your typical Disney movie. Of course, you know, it's Pixar. So it kind of has that. But I didn't see what all the hoopla was about myself. Hmm. All right, well, this week's trivia is related to the parks as well. At the beginning of the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction, what sort of shape do a series of rocks make up? Hmm, I don't know this one. I say you've stumped me. I mean, I feel like there's probably an obvious answer, but that can't be it. You'll never unsee it once I tell you. So (laughs) that's FYI, I, I scoped it out this weekend and it is very true. All right. Well, awesome. thank you for listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. We're happy to be your one-stop shop for talking tips for Disney Universal and beyond. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. Amber, Rachel, and Stephanie are travel professionals with Rachel, with Rachel, with Main <laughs> Street and more travel. It's late. Um, a no-fee Disney earmarked agency. Please reach out to us on Facebook for a free quote. Please rate, review, and tell your friends. We'll see you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.